Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Pit Stop Fracker, your weekly Formula One fix. Oh, there was a lot going on in the world of motorsport this week and here to join me to go through some of these hot topics, I have Kwame, Martin, Kunle and Ant. Let me come to you first Kunle, it's been a while, how are you keeping? How's it over there in Canada? I'm good man, the sun's out, lockdown's lifted, you know. I've been away. It's been. It's not been. You know, I've been. I've been. I've been listening. I've been watching. People have been speaking on my name, but I'm here now. I'm here. Exactly, bro. People have been calling you out, man. And and it's good to have you back on um, for this podcast. But Kunle, you, you you care to share any details of, of what you've been up to, or is that um, best best left unsaid? Nah, come on, man. Don't do that to me. But yeah, yeah let's, just say, let's just say we've been outside. We're outside. Yeah, that's good, yeah, man. man. Good to hear. I, I I know for a fact you're definitely celebrating that win last week, though, for for Lewis. Oh, I was. I was. That was that was that was a good one. That was yeah. a good one. I was I was out. I was watching on my phone. I was out. Mm-hmm. The red flag helped. The red flag yeah. helped. You know, I was out, but you know, it was a good. It was a good win. Lovely win. Loved it. Nice to hear. Nice no, to hear. And obviously, I, I still got. I got some. I got some tears in here. That I'm still sipping on. You know. Oh, bro, that's slow. I've got my wine here as well. I'm gonna be sipping this slowly throughout the pod. Enjoy that. Enjoy that because, um, yeah, obviously the saltiness of Red Bull will, will get into that um later on in the pod. Kwame, how you keeping, bro? Oh, I've been good. I've been good, man. It's good to be back on the pod. Um, it's been a while now, so I've been on. So yeah, uh, good to be back to all my F1 and. Last week was a very bad week, you know. So you know, yeah, yeah, good man. to see you guys. You know, kicking off. Yeah, there was there was, there was just too much going on um, last week, and I think in the lead up to Sunday, we had planned out everything we were going to go over in the pods, and then obviously the events on Sunday just threw the original script out the window, and we just had to focus on on the incident and the race itself. But yeah, a couple of those hot topic items we're going to get into today, um, Martin. How you keeping, bro? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, yeah, been a bit of a quiet week, I suppose. But, exactly. Yeah. Well, I say it's been a quiet week. I mean, quiet week in my life, but on, on F1 Twitter, it's been a bit of a... They've been drawing me in at times. They've been drawing me in, I can't lie. Bro, you know it gets too much when I was pulling up pictures of <laughs> Helmut Marco winning the Le Mans and posting that on the pit stop account. That's how I, I was arguing with sixteen-year-olds about that? Helmut Marco's motor racing legacy. What was wow. that about? What was that about? So, <laughs> so I think so. You know what it was? Yeah, I was getting so frustrated during the race um, with obviously the Red Bull comments, and I just it just sprung to mind. I was like, was Helmut Marco even a good racing driver? He's done. He's and done I just threw it out there. I just threw it out there on Twitter. Um, and this was during the race. And then, like, the next day, I think it was, like, on Monday or Tuesday, someone co- commented or quoted it and was like, oh, by the way, you got to respect him. He won a Le Mans and this and that. And I was like, okay, bro, calm down, calm down. I then, I then, I then was like, fine, let me go and do my digging. And I researched on him, yeah. This guy never earned a world championship point 
and um, he had never beaten his teammate. He unfortunately got into um, an accident, which I think blinded him in, in one out at the time. But up until then, his career as a racing driver wasn't that good. So, yeah, man, I was just arguing with these guys. Like, I, I think he must have been about 15, 16 years old, and he's telling me about the Le Mans in 1970. I had to, like, pull up this... a black-and-white picture of the doctor. It was quite funny, to be honest with you. You can't argue with them. I realised, listen, when you got a day job, they got time. They're on school holidays now. They got time. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> this guy's got too much time. Um, I don't mind them. They're just different kettle fish. We had this conversation too many times. Just let them do them. I mean, you, know, you know what? I think I was on such a high that I was ready. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I was ready. I was like ready to go to war with these, these F1 Twitter lot. And uh, obviously... The Max Verstappen and, and Red Bull stands, but yeah, oh, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, last but not least, and how you keeping, bro? I'm good, I'm good, man. It's, yeah, it's crazy how you're saying, yeah, an LH win just gives you mad drive for the next couple of days, you know. you suddenly life's looking good, the sun came out, a couple of cans, you know, but you know, yeah, right now, just taking taking shelter from the rain and that, but yeah, not too bad. Glad to be back on. Bro, you summed it up perfectly. I mean, I, f- I think I was smiling throughout the whole of the start of last week. I was just so happy. It was just, it was just beautiful. I was wheeling up old content. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It was, um, yeah, long may it continue. But you know, this is we're not even halfway yet, so it'll be interesting to see now what what happens um, for the rest of the championship. But um, obviously. The events of Verstappen and Lewis and that incident dominated their headlines this week. But before we actually got into any action at Silverstone, um, F1 actually unveiled the quote-unquote concept design for the 2022 car. And Ross Braun described it as um, 30 man years put into this, this 2022 concept. Now, I think the aim of it is obviously to improve on-track racing, uh, make it more exciting, improve overtaking, cut out all of this technical, fluffy, no, not technical, sorry, not fluffy, all this technical, intellectual, you know, high-tech stuff around the front wings and, you know, just keep it simple and, you know, just try and improve racing between the drivers. Um, So, like, there was a lot going on there. And to be honest with you, until I actually see them on track, and competing at the first race next year, we will only see then how effective it is. But um, I'm going to come to you first on this, Kwame, being the uh, technical head in the group. What was your first impressions? Um, obviously, first and foremost, they're saying that, you know, it's going to allow to prove to improve racing um, when you're following a car quite closely. So they're saying that, you know, you, you're going to have a loss of downforce of about 4% within 20 metres and, and, and only 18% within 10 metres, which is, you know, a drastic, uh, sorry, a drastic change from what it currently is. But yeah, what was your, what was your initial take on, on that in particular? I mean, with the uh, FIA, um, they, uh, they, they always talk a lot, they always talk a lot about um, this, this thing will bring change, this new regulation will change this, this regulation will change that. And uh, so far in this new uh, regime, uh, with um, I was born uh, in charge. Obviously, you know him being a ex, um, you know Ferrari born Honda uh, Benton guy. Um, Adams as well. There's been quite a few changes as well. It's been working out. Obviously, you've seen the bar- the um, barge boards and um, the high reg low cars. How that's changed this year, and uh, also seeming as well with this year. Like, um, it seems like. There, what they've been saying matches what's been changing. Like, for example, the new changes they've added to the um, car sample from this year, for example, looks like them changing the uh, the rear, the rear ring, the, the rear ring of the uh, car. Um, they've also changed how the uh, rear ring is designed, so it's much more uh, rounded off. Um, much more rounded off, um, as you can see some of the photos, a bit more wider, a bit more broader as well. Uh, and they've also even kept on DRS as well, which has been a, a, a very good um, addition in uh, recent F1 years, uh, making the cars faster condition, faster taking, you know, closer and quicker and straights and DRS zones. So I feel like um, 
in that aspect, I, I do agree them. Uh, I think that's true. I thought like, that will hopefully get rid of the issue uh, such as uh, Dirty Air in F1, which is a prominent issue. He drives in the radio complaint about Dirty Air because it essentially means that it's less likely for them to... It's harder for them to overtake because they're obviously going against the flow uh, of the car or not. Um, for reason of Dirty Air. It's the same thing as literally um, slipstream or, or drag, but it's just to the detriment of the uh, car, not to the advantage. Uh, yeah, you've got that changes. They've seen the change up the floor, apparently, with the car, uh, making the movement rounder. Um, the body works this time is a bit it's back to it being a low rate uh, system, uh, much more lower compared to uh, this year, obviously, where you see the high, uh, the high rate cars, such as the ball, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it does seem like they're, the change is in the right direction, but I feel like we should have to wait and see. Um, it does seem they have done a lot of work, um, a lot of testing, as you see, with the new tyres. Um, which will hopefully re- reduce the tire blowouts and the spinning and what you've been seeing this year. Uh, and also, they've been doing a lot of simulation work as well behind the scenes, people like anti Davidson and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I'm just hoping that this actually adds to the changes of um, racing because, as you've seen, with the spin race example, many spin races, but just racing in F1 general overtaking this can be such a chore. So, hopefully, this makes the racing closer. Hopefully, this bridges the field back together because everyone will be back in square one. So, Everyone will have to get these walls on job. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, look, let's look. Let obviously look, let's see what happens. They're promising us this. You know, there was a lot to be honest with you. I felt, especially on, on F1 Twitter and, and, and F1 space in general, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of talk about this, a lot of you know, you know, there's a lot going on, but you guys know me by now. I like to keep my reservations. Uh, and until we see it first race and see see that on track action, can't get can't get too excited. Um, but I'm gonna come to you, Kunle, on this. Just because because we know you like aesthetically pleasing things. You know, if something looks good on the eye, you're gonna be attracted to it. You know, you you get drawn in by things like that. So the car itself, the 2022 car. <laughs> It had this silver livery with a few red lines going throughout it. Well, I mean, what did you think of that? Do you, do you like the way the car looks? Do you like the 18-inch wheels? Do you like the rear wing? Just just from a looks point of view, are we still talking about, nice still talking about cars? Of course, we're talking about cars, bro. <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're, we're, we're not deviating. We're talking about cars, bro. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, what, so, so you, you, I said, I said 18-inch wheels. Okay, okay. Um, to be fair, I've not really. You see them, like you said, it's it's still the concept car that we saw, right? Mm-hmm. I've not seen any teams put their livery on the cars yet, per se, to see what it would look like, you know, when it's been displayed. So I'm not overly excited, but it does look good. But then when I saw a funny joke, I seen on, I think I saw on Twitter or or somewhere, or what's up? Someone said, "Is F1 admitting that um, the Indy car better? Indy car look better, like the Indy 500 cars. Like it's more like, like someone said, it feels like they're taking the shape and the way those cars look and bringing it to F1 and just slapping the halo on it. But like you said, let's see what they look like on track next year. And yes, I do like, I do like the fine things in life. You know, I like to see things look beautiful." Especially F1 cars. So let's see how we let's see how it goes. Let's see next year. Of course, of course. And I think on that point, in my view, I'm putting I'm putting my bias aside here. I genuinely think um, the Mercedes um, is is one of the best looking cars on the grid. I love just that whole design. I love the AMG plastered all over it. It's just that's like my favorite car. And it's the best looking car. But on the topic of Mercedes, I'm going to come to you on this, Martin. I know you, uh, um, I think it's three, four weeks ago now, you said, you know, the upgrades will be coming for Mercedes. Um, although um, Total Wolf did tell us that, you know, they're starting to focus on the 2022 car. Do you feel for Mercedes in first and then the other teams, do you feel as though it's a case of running into darkness or running into the blind when it comes to 2022? We don't know... Who's going to do better than the other? It could be a surprise team for all we know at the front of the grid. Um, what's your take on that? Do you, do you feel as though Mercedes first and foremost should be doing that, focusing all their attention on 2022? And then after that, is there any surprise package that, that you think 
will come through um, next year. I feel when it comes to these regulations, these teams, especially the top teams, are always involved, aren't they? In some sort of way, they're giving their opinions or stuff. So I don't, I think Toto and the boys at Mercedes, even at Red Bull, McLaren, they would have Ferrari, they all have some type of idea prior. And I mean, the concept car we've seen has been that those rumours of that specific car has been around for a while now. Um, so it's, it's not like it's the complete unexpected. They've had about maybe year two a bit prior to actually know some of the things that are going to come in. Um, so when they say they're working on their 2022 car, I think a lot of teams have been working on it from probably last season. Um, not, I mean, maybe they're obviously they're amping it up now. Obviously, as we as we get closer, is it we are we know certain teams are focusing more on this year's car, so we don't know if the um, if the Red Bull, especially for next year, will be as competitive as it has proved to be this season. But we never know because I mean, as we said they've kind of known what the type of regulations that are coming in for a good for a number of months now. Um, so they've had their time to look and research into these things. Um, and I'm sure they'll find sneaky ways around the budget caps and everything that they can, they've been using to improve the cars. So um, I think when it comes to that, the, these regulations I think more importantly will be the next power the power unit I think I feel that's where a lot more teams tend to struggle when it comes to the power unit rather than the actual like the aerodynamics and the shape and the um of the cars um obviously the lower teams struggle with the aerodynamics but the bigger teams tend to really get it right um but I think it'll be more 2025 where we'll more teams getting it wrong rather than right I think a few teams will get it right. I think McLaren will get it right. I have faith in Aston Martin. They'll get it right. I think Mercedes, Red Bull, maybe Red Bull might take an extra season to get it right. I think those teams will get it right pretty quickly. I think it's more the power unit train changes meant to come in 2025, 2026, whenever it is. That will be the bigger problem. Yeah, and I think, like, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the perfect segue in in into my next point because they've turned around and said that, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes coming for 2022, but what's not going to change is the power unit. So it's going to use the same power unit as what they have in 2021. And what we saw at the start of the turbo hybrid era was obviously Lewis Hamilton made that move a year before in 2013. He may have, you know, may have sold him the dream at the time and said, yeah, look, we're going to be developing a fantastic engine but a turbo hybrid area, you know, that might have just, you know, swung his decision in, in order to move to Mercedes. But I feel as though when it comes to the power unit itself, I completely agree with you, Martin. That's going to be crucial in terms of how the cars will, will operate um, in 2022. And obviously it's at the forefront right now, like they're battling, you know, with fine margins in order to, extract every last ounce of that engine so it will be really really crucial to see how this current engine that they're using in 2021 will do next year um so your final point on this i'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna come to you on it and safety so obviously sa safety is at the forefront um of any car they design or any new rule change or any new car they're going to look to implement um what would you like to see most when it comes to the safety of these cars? You know, we've seen some high profile incidents, not in the last week, but, you know, throughout the past few years in Formula One, you know, you had a crazy crash from, from Grosjean. I think that was like over 61 G and you know, thankfully he was, he was able to to jump out of that, that, that Inferno Max Verstappen crashed at 51 G Horner reminded us a lot about that. Um, but yeah, what would you like to see in terms of safety when it when it, when it, when it comes to these cars? Yeah, I think I think that's an interesting one. I feel like with F1, they're continually pushing the boundary with safety and developing it, so they, it's as good as possible. You see that with the the safety cell around the driver is very effective now and has been for a number of years. And the halo that's come in, I mean, that's that's kind of been a revelation. So 
I think the main thing that is the good thing that they're doing is kind of basically taking a bit of speed off the cars, reducing the kind of net aerodynamic output so that, you know, they're not going as fast as they were back in like 2019, 2020. So I think just in general, by kind of reducing the speed which they take, they take corners and stuff like that, you know, um, they can kind of increase the, or decrease the likelihood of huge accidents like we saw uh, at Silverstone and, you know, we've seen in, in the past at Spa and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I mean, look, let's just wrap it up there when, when, when it comes to the car. I don't want to get my hopes up. I want to make sure that, you know, Everything is being done from a concept point of view. The teams are fully briefed. They know what they need to abide by in terms of rules and regulations. And and fingers crossed we can get, you know, an, an exciting new era of F1. Um, so, yeah, FIA, well done. Let's see what happens next year. Um, but again, we cannot excuse the fact that this week, though, Red Bull have been completely salty. and. Um, it has quite left a bit of taste in my mouth, but I'm going to raise my glass here to you, Christian Horner, um, and your hypocrisy. Uh, it, the guys, if you join us on YouTube, we've all we've all raised our glass to Horner and his hypocrisy. Um, he turned around this week and he said, "You cannot stick a wheel up the inside. Uh, you you cannot stick a wheel on the inside of the guy you're racing against at Cops Corner." Now, I've trolled through the archives. I knew for a fact there would have been a Red Bull that done that. And lo and behold, in 2013, Mark Webber done exactly the same thing to Kimi Raikkonen. Mark Webber, of course, was a Red Bull driver. And also, kind of a tell, done the same thing um, up against Alonso in 2014. Um, I'm going to come to you on this, Martin. Um, is that just bullshit, bro? Like, are you allowed to stick a wheel up the inside of Cops? If you're talking, you're talking about mute, bro. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's just Karen Horner being, aka salty spice. That's what that's what he is, isn't it? It's just him just talking absolute nonsense. You can always stick yeah. a, you can stick a wheel up any corner you want, mate. That's there's no rules against it. There's never a rule where it says ah, uh, not even in a gentleman's agreement in 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 terms of the sport where you'll say oh. Um, you you don't stick a wheel up this um, at, at this uh, specific turn, as Hamilton's always said. If there's a gap, I am going for it. And I think was it Senna said it. If you're a racing driver yeah. and you see a gap and you don't go for it, you're not a racing driver. And that's it. Perfect. That's it, really. Yeah. I as I said, whether you want to um, debate whether um. Um, whether it was Hamilton or Max's fault or wherever, that's a different story. The FIA already decided it was Hamilton's fault. Hamilton accepted that. He got his penalty and he, he, he recovered from it. And that is what he, that's what great drivers do. That's what the greatest driver of all time does. Um, so there's nothing really, whatever's happening now is just based on the facts of Lewis won. Had he not won, they will not be doing all this talking right now. And it's it's just really boring. Every day they're coming out with a new statement and they're going to lawyer up and all of that. But it's just... And then 51Gs as well. Yeah. Everyone crashes at 51Gs, Christian Horner. Everyone. Carlos Sainz has done it. Um, what's his face? Uh, my boy Perez has done it. They've even flicked over. Cars have flipped over, they do the maddest things, and guys walk away from it fine. So there's no even need to even bring up about the celebrations in the hospital as well. There's really there was really no need in any of that to bring all of that up. We saw Grosjean crash um into the barriers at what 61 or I think 61G and um, secure, and he walked from it fine. The only thing the that car split in half. The, the car split in half. half. He walked away from it fine. The only thing that was wrong with him was burns from the fire, from the fire, not from the actual impact of the car. So Max would have been fine. We, we know this um, F1 safety has come so, has come a long way. So he would have been fine. There was no, he had, he had to go to the hospital for checkup. That's about it. 
So I think I I I mean again I perfectly agree with everything you're saying. And one thing that really gets me and I think this was seen with Red Bull's actions after the race was that they were punishing that they were upset that the FIA wasn't punishing the result. And when I say that they should have they they punished Lewis. Lewis served his 10 second penalty, but because of the result of the 10 second penalty didn't work out the way they wanted and he didn't win the race they were upset by that now it it is what it is in formula one if lewis causes an accident and he's deemed wrong they're gonna punish lewis they're not gonna um give red bull 25 points because he was in the lead that's not the way it goes in formula one you're gonna punish the driver who you think was in the wrong now i'm gonna come to you on this kunlay in terms of Red Bull and the way they were after the race, apparently there was data that was sent to Martin Brundle and it was tweeted. I, I don't know how reliable or reputable this source was, but he mentioned that he's been sent data to show that Lewis would have never made the corner going into cops. Now, the fact that this is all coming out now, two, three days later, is it just salty saltiness from Red Bull or is it, you know, genuine legs to stand on and, you know, go a bit further with this? Um, To be honest, I don't give a shit. Whatever Good. it is. Good. I don't give a shit. I don't think Mercedes give a shit either. I don't think Lewis gives a shit either. They're just being... It's just, it's just Karen being extraly Karen, basically. It's like... You've called the cops. The cops have come to shut down the party. And then three days later, you're going to the landlord saying, they had the party three days ago. Get them out of the house. It's gone. It's gone. Forget it. Move on. Exactly. I'm not expecting the FIA to suddenly say, oh, yeah, they've brought data forward. We're going to take 25 points off Lewis and give it to Leclerc. Or we're going to take 25 points off Lewis. And give it to Max. It didn't even do two laps of the race. Like exactly. Like I'm sorry. Like you know, this is one of them cases where, like, yeah, he had an accident. Okay, my bad. Sorry, he couldn't finish the race. But the you game, move in it. The game is the game. The game. The game you know, is the game. You know, to quote the famous, you know, paid in full. You know, man get popped every day. Like you know, people get popped. Like you know, you get popped every day. B. It's what it is. <laughs> Like, look, listen, listen. Grosjean walked, he walked out of fire and there was a race the next week. F1 moved on. You know, there was the whole love and light thing. Like, you know, get well soon, my G, but we got a race to race. We're not going to wait on you. So I don't think if there was going to be anything extra, it would have happened in the race the other day. But you know exactly, yeah. Looked at it, ten second penalty. It's what it is. All they're doing right now is they're looking silly, in my opinion. Like, are you trying to win like the court of popular opinion to say, oh yeah, Red Bull are right, they should be pissed off. Bro, hungry is next week. Go do it on track. Exactly. You know, just focus on hungry now. Focus on hungry. Unless you're scared, like you know, unless you think. Yeah, maybe our car is not as good as we think it is, and we're gonna get found out at some point. Focus on next week. Go do what you do on track. Beat the rest of the field by fourteen seconds by the end of the race, and you know, stand in, stand on top of your car and raise your hand up. Do like what Vettel used to do back in the days. Like do that finger. Like I'm number one. If you are about that life, not complaining on, bro. Let's move past these guys, man. I don't really want to talk about them no more because. They're trying to stay in the news for too long. So I personally think that Red Bull still have the best package. And I still think they got the best car on the grid, regardless of whatever happens now. You know, we saw that Max was very quick at Silverstone. Um, and I just think that over the course of the season, they probably will have, have it within themselves to go over the line. Let's wait and see as to whether Max has you know the mental strength to 
to deliver that world championship. But obviously, there's there's a very very long way to go. Um, Kunle got so upset at me asking about the saltiness of Red Bull, the doctor and Max. He decided to turn his camera off. But yeah, glad to see you back now, Kunle. Um, nah, I'm just gonna ask. I'm, I'm just gonna ask. See, let's not speak on the doctor no more. Like we and know, the doctor we, is. We know what the doctor's about. You know, we know what the doctor's me, about. Even, and we know yeah, what we know what we know what Karen Spice is about as well. To be fair, you see, yeah, I don't even want to speak because they all pissing me off. Talking about, oh yeah, why are you celebrating like that? That's not that's not this, that's not that. Bruv, you was in hospital, man didn't even know you was in hospital, you was in hospital. Like it's come home, yeah, you know. I, I, this, one twenty-five thousand people are screaming your name. What do you want me to do? Sulk and be like Oh, sorry, Max got hurt. Yeah. yeah. No. The, the no. more I see, the more I see that Lewis Hamilton interview post-race, the more I actually smile. Because it's like he said everything perfectly. He was like, Max is an aggressive driver. <laughs> what do you expect me to do? I'm not going to back out of a challenge. I need to go for it. And then they asked him, does it, does it take the shine off your win? Honestly, no, because we're racing drivers. But then he perfectly caveated it by saying, look, I hope he's okay. And I do want a real to real race with him. But, you know, Lewis sent his message out there. And look, let's, let's, let's see what happens. I want to ask one more question on this, though. And it's not to do with Red Bull, but it's to do with the FIA. Now, do you feel as though the FIA handing out that 10-second penalty to Lewis, they would have done their research. They would have done... You know, they would have checked the graphs and data and whatever and seen that, okay, yeah, look, Lewis was doing this. Okay, we'll give him a 10-second penalty. Do you think the fact that Red Bull are doing all of this after, it's quite insulting to the FIA and the decisions they're making? Um, yeah, anyone can jump in and answer <laughs> this. Um. You know, you know, low-key, no one reads the FIA. Low-key, low-key. Like, but do you not think it's insulting to them, though? No, because they've made this... Either. Is and then they're coming like, at them and saying, "Well, you got it wrong." Exactly, because like, like you said, Alex, I mean, the FIA said they, they gave a penalty, ten second penalty. Uh, Red Bull should really respect it now; they should respect it, but they're not. Like it, it's, it's the equivalent of you know, um, you get in trouble in school. Uh, I don't know. Let's let's say you're back in school, for example. Um, you get into a fight with one guy, and then um, the guy who beat you up gets um, a detention. But then you're trying to say, no, 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 it should get suspended, even though all it was was just a minor argument. Like, there's no need to milk it, no need to estate more than it is. The FI gave it, gave it the penalty that they gave it. That's their, they're the governing body at the end of the day. They don't want to look after the sport. They don't want to give the uh, punishment. So you should really just respect it and follow it. Like, the way as well, how it's done, the penalties, it's done at the time like, of the incident. No one could have predicted that Lewis Lewis had to overcome his ability as well during the race. No one would have known exactly. before the time that oh Lewis would win. So it's just a thing where I think Red Bull should just like suck up and just move on from it. And they should bounce back in the next race, honestly, like uh Connelly said. Uh even for them as well, hungry, they've always been hungry. Hungry is a very corner, twisty circuit, which Rebel avoid benefit for that. So they've got enough to lose, they've got the best card moment, they shouldn't be playing these ulterior moves. Um Trying to um, uh, try to milk this um, the situation, try and not get out. They shouldn't do that. They should just focus on the next race and go from there. Get myself back up and just push it from there. I'm kind of tired of talking about uh, the Silverstone crash. I can't lie because <laughs> I thought like, that the first instant major incident between Max and Hamilton, and also hearing how the media's kind of gassed up the whole Max uh, Lewis um, rivalry. Yeah, that's what I think of it, but. Uh, they just got, they, they, you, you know what it is, Kwame. They just got to move beyond it now. They just they 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 keep making headlines about it. We keep getting frustrated, and we keep wanting to have a, have to talk about it. Um, Other sports, they're not having this, bro. They're just finding you, like in simple. the NBA, in the Premier League, in um, NFL. You come out and you talk about the officials, like the way Red Bull are coming out and talking about it. They're finding you. Ten thousand here, twenty thousand there. And that's what needs to happen to Red Bull now. FIA needs to just pull it out of pull it out of them and just say, listen, hey what? Five hundred thousand on your cap. That's it. Or twenty thousand on your cap. Simple. Don't come yeah. come to this. We've made our decision. We're the governing body. We made our decision. That's it. It's final. 
whether you feel that it's enough, then it's not. Suck it up. That's it. At the end Simple. of the day. Sim- it's, it's just, yeah. Forget that. And I, think the, the, I think the worst thing about all of this, yeah, when it comes down to like Red Bull and not really Red Bull as such, but Horner's comments and stuff, it's enabling the racism that Hamilton's getting. And it was just horrible to see this week. I, I mean, I, I kind of, last week, I kind of called out and just said, listen, we know what the, how what, what it was going to happen. And we saw it. And it, the fact that there's like, people on there like just denying it as well, it's just like how you cannot see that his inflammatory comments are just enabling these racists to come out after him. And it was it's just horrible. It was horrible. It's horrible to see. And Christian Horner, like, needs to be more aware of these things or when he's when he's talking like this. Because especially when you're talking about the only black driver who has been subject to racism multiple times, you're making such inflammatory comments about base and or helmet Marco, it basically insinuating that Hamilton's tried to murder Max. You can't you can't be saying these type of things. Those are comments will insinuate racism. And you could say, oh, these people are making their own decisions. Yes, we know they're making their own decisions, but that doesn't change the fact that those comments that those two people are making are what is causing this. It's the cause yeah. and effect. It's the cause and effect. And there's a lot of people that just don't understand that. And and it, it was, it's very disappointing to see. I think I think Horner especially just owes they owe um Hamilton an apology whether it's privately or publicly I don't really care but they owe him some sort of apology whether you agree um the, about the penalty or not that's a different matter but the fact that the matter is they need to understand that their comments was enabling the racism that Hamilton received the extra amount of racism that he received this week yeah 100% bro I can't I, I cannot agree with you more there there's there's no shadow of a doubt the fact that Horner Marco and everyone from Red Bull came out and said those comments, especially Horner's, you know, I, I think it was quote unquote from his interview. So I hope Hamilton's really happy with himself after discussing the Max Verstappen incident, and you know, Verstappen crashing out. That is going to trigger, that is going to cause it. You called it out last week, bro. And lo and behold, you know, we saw it the next day. It was, it was actually disgraceful to see. Um, and it's quite ironic actually, because what we did want to touch on before the Silverstone Grand Prix itself was was actually the Hamilton Commission, um, and and I kind of want to dive into that at the moment now. So there was ten months of research that took place with regard to the Hamilton Commission. Um, there's like a board of fourteen people which aims to improve diversity within motorsport. Now there's a lot to the Hamilton Commission. I'm going to be honest; I haven't read it word for word or in depth. Um, I understand some of the key highlights, but is this something that can actually happen in the sport? We've got few drivers coming up from ethnic minorities. You've got Hamilton there that's, you know, leading the way at the moment. But is something going to happen as a result of this? I mean, yeah, I think I think you would very much hope so. I feel like now Hamilton definitely has the backing of not only the major people in, in the sport, in the FIA, but a handful, like a significant amount of teams on the grid who are kind of actually committing to, you know, solid proposals to actually target and help improve uh, diversity within F1 moving forward. And I feel like in the time that I've watched the sport, you've kind of gradually seen like very, very little by little. Um, but now I think it's, it's slightly more slightly more noticeable. So in, in the future, I think Hamilton's legacy will definitely be evident maybe in 10 to 15 years time when you have these kind of scholarships and um, diversity access schemes that kind of bear fruit over time. Um, I think it's definitely exciting. And yeah, something that Hamilton can't really be praised uh, about enough, really. I mean, he's he's one of the only drivers on the grid, on the grid that is so outspoken about such issues. So yeah, so I think it's an exciting time for F one uh, to see how it develops. Yep, definitely. Um, I feel as though with things like this, though, we need to make sure that once it is out there, if it, it's you know it's it's followed up and it gets the right support and it's put into place, and every step of the way we're looking to continually build on that diversity, make sure it's there in the sport. And I know I've said it as well, ever since we, you know, fired up Pit Stop Fracker, that, 
you know, I could if 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 I have a son or a daughter from any ethnic background or any ethnic minority, or even if they're not an ethnic minority, even if they're an ethnic majority, and I don't want to take them to compete in motorsport competitions and have to pay top dollar. You know, you want to make this sport accessible to everyone. And I feel as though that that cost cap and that financial barrier is also something, you know, further down the line that 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 needs to be broken down. Because from a financial point of view, I think it's quite alarming, especially now this sort of, you know, astronomical figures that are involved. I know we set up like um, well, we, we actually hosted a few clubhouse rooms as well. And we said, look some guys are having to spend like, you know, thousands of pounds just to compete in a race. But yeah, I've, I've gone off on a tangent there with regard to the financial aspect, but um, I'm going to come to you, Martin. What was your initial takes on the um, Hamilton commission? I think when it, when it's, so, I think um, I haven't read it in full either, but it was just in like the things that you're seeing, um, how, it wasn't just a study into motorsport, but it was like a study into schooling as well. And I think it was very in that interesting to highlight how you, um, how it highlighted the fact that it's a systemic problem and it's not just a problem within motorsport in general. In, in, um, yeah, in, in general, like the fact that was, I can't remember what it was. Was it like, one in what one in four, not one in four, but like basically like bare children won't don't have exposure to um like a black teacher. Yeah. And, and that that those those type of things like is is like it's it's kind of shocking. I mean I went to a school where there was quite a number of black teachers, but I can imagine if you go outside of London now, um and, and outside of major cities, there will be a lot of schools where they won't have that. And for a young black person, I think it's important to have like a, a black teacher um, to encourage you and to do certain things. Because I remember when I was in, especially in primary school, the black teachers that I had were the ones that did more of the encouraging, where it was it's encouraging to do, um, do an instrument, where it's encouraging to do um, sports, sporting achievements and stuff. And while, yes, white teachers will do that, and there will be some white teachers, but it feels a, bit, a lot better, especially when it comes to you down to the parents as well. A parent's talking to someone that looks like them and that's encouraging their child to do something. And it feels it feels like it's coming from a better place that way as well. Um, so I think that was one of my biggest takeaways from that, from takeaways from it. Um, and that was that was it really. And then obviously we know there's certain teams that were willing to participate in it which I don't think was really a shock, but yeah. Yeah. So, so, so as I said before, it's about, okay, the commission's out there. Now let's keep following it up. Let's keep driving it. Let's keep making sure that that's the case. Because I remember we can, we kind of kind can kind of draw similarities to that kick racism out of football here. You know, it's all about making sure that, you know, football is an example. Um, you know, you, you want you want to kick racism out of it. And in order to do that, you have to start right from the grassroots, right from, you know, when people are first kicking a ball out, out on the school pitch. And it's kind of what Hamilton, uh, not Hamilton, what the Hamilton Commission is looking to do. They're looking to start off extremely early, broaden access to motorsport, establish a new innovation fund um, to help address the factors that contribute to a high proportion of students from black backgrounds who do get excluded from school piloting new approaches to increase black teachers in STEM, so science, technology, engineering and mathematics. So there is a whole host of things there that, um, well, a whole host of recommendations there that the Hamilton Commission is looking to do. So fingers crossed, you know, for me, when when, when I first saw it, when 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 I actually understood the the ins and outs of it, I was like, this is this is brilliant and it's definitely something we want to see in the sport going forward because it just goes to show that the talent is definitely there and you can clearly see that we're witnessing firsthand Lewis Hamilton you know the, the greatest ever motorsport driver deliver that um but yeah, I just want to look to wrap up now and um Kunle I want to get your final thoughts on this um 
the Hamilton Commission, what was your initial reaction to this? Well, and how do you think it's going to work in the future? Um, all right, this is quite um. For me, I take I think I think things like this very serious, right? Because if you look at it, if you look back, I don't know when you guys were in school, if you look back maybe 10, 15 years when you were in school and none of your mates wanted to be an F1 driver. Mm-hmm. None of your mates wanted to work in an F1 garage, you know. No one you know wanted to do that just because there wasn't that exposure to that field or that environment. So I feel like my, I feel like the success of whatever comes of this would be that kids in school, kids of my color know that there's a possibility of them working roles in Formula One teams. You know, if, if we get more drivers, that's great, but it's more than the drivers, right? It's getting into the teams, it's working in the pits, it's working in strategy, it's working in accounting, it's working in, you know, it's working in logistics, it's working as the engineers, it's working as the data scientist. It's a whole, you know, motorsport is more than the driver driving the car. It's a whole setup. And if if this commission, if in the next 10 years, there are more black faces, you know, I'm watching TV, I'm watching a race, and I'm seeing in the pit stop, in pit stop I'm seeing I'm seeing more than the talking black engineer or the talking black person in the garage. I'm seeing, you know, more people of color. I'm seeing more women. I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing a diverse range of people that support a Formula One team. Then I'll see it as a success. But until then, this is, again, even Lewis himself said that this is just a surface of what is going to happen. This is just identifying the problem. And now that the problem has been identified, I hope the people who are in charge, the people who have the financial backing and the financial resources can help to sort of make these changes because whether we like it or not, if nothing is done, the gap keeps widening. The gaps- you know what? It's, 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 it's funny you say that and it's, it's quite interesting to see that as much as we want this to happen, it keeps coming... Well, What's a fundamental role in this is the role of finances and how money can also play a huge factor. There needs to be massive investment it is, it is into money. this. Everything everything involves money. Whatever changes you make, you know, if you work in strategy, if you're going to implement a strategy, you need money to implement a strategy. You're not just going to like, I'm not just going to, if Bernie, if Bernie comes in now and says, I'm going to put 500 mil we need to get three drivers, you know, who are from different races, three drivers that are not Caucasian in F1. The team that can do this would get $500 million to their budget the year that they do it. Trust me, you would see three colored drivers. You would see three drivers from different races. So at the end of the day, it's it comes down to the financials. And there is a... Re- okay, I hate that I'm having to say this because, you know, bless his heart. There's a reason why Nikki is in a team. When I mean, when I say Nikki, I mean, you know, Nicholas. Yeah, yeah Latifi. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason why he's in a team and other drivers Massive are in the team. Uh, you know, but yeah. Potato, potato, tomato, tomatoes. It's but you like that's that's the thing. I I wish it wasn't about finances. And don't get me wrong, we, I don't want someone that's mediocre. I don't want someone that cannot do the job there. But I want I want I want kids. I want kids of color. I want kids, you know. I don't know if kids listen to this podcast. And if they do, sorry for the swearing. But I want kids to be able to know that, you know, I can work in F1. If I'm good enough, I can drive. I can drive an F1 car. If I'm if I'm if I'm a good enough engineer, I can work in Brackley. I can work in Bricksworth. I can work in you know. I can do a job in an F1 team because I'm good enough. 
But many kids I, don't know that. And that and it, even, it, even the report, sorry, Anik, sorry. Even the report yeah. says, I'm looking at it and it says, black people are closed out of opportunities within STEM. When black people think of STEM, we're thinking of doctors, nurses, um, engineers, IT guys. You're not really thinking of um, motorsport engineers because, you know, you see that area of, you see that area of engineering and you're thinking, I'm never going to be able to get a job in that place because it's, it's quite white. And, mm-hmm. you know, the access is limited. But I want to see more of my people. I want to see more people of color. I want to see more people from backgrounds where traditionally you're not, you know, according to these guys, you're not meant to be in that position. And you're not, yeah. the, and you're not the talking person, you know. You've, you've been there on merit. And it's not just one person. It's more than one person. I want to watch an F1 race. I want to see the head of strategy. I want to see the head of the engineering team, not the typical white male. I want I want to see a black man. I want to see a black woman. I want to see an Asian man. I want to see an Asian woman, you know, in these positions. And maybe it's not going to happen now. Maybe it's not going to happen next year, but Again, we love this spot, so we're hoping this spot is going to be around for a long time. And at some point, we would hope to look back and say, you know what, 2020, we were discussing getting people into the sport, and now we're here. We've done it. And that will be the success of initiatives like this. Thank you. No, 100%, bro. I I, I fully agree with with everything you said there. And, and, And it is a very serious topic. Which is why I did want to dive into it and and talk about it on the pod. And I feel as though, oh, when I was a kid, I knew about Formula One. Yeah, this is a long time ago, by the way, guys. Yeah, I knew about Formula One, and, and days, I yeah. wanted to be huh? sorry. Fangio, Fangio days, yeah. Fangio days. Actually, it's funny you say that. I was looking at the auction, and Fangio's car from 1950 is the most um, highest-selling F1 car ever to be old. It's crazy. It was like, it was like million. I've got a question. Who, who was competing against Fangio, though? <laughs> Addict. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's another pod, isn't it? <laughs> we saved that for another pod. You see these legends of F1, yeah? We need to start looking at their legendary status. <laughs> that's like, what we need to do, a deep dive in that Wikipedia. We need to do a deep dive in that Wikipedia. Mate, I'd love to do a deep dive into um, the Doctor's Lemon car, but yeah, we'll, we'll save that for another day. Um, but coming back onto what I was saying earlier, I feel as though I want to definitely be Formula One driver, I saw Schumacher, I saw Hacking, and these guys actually got me so excited from the sport. And I wanted to so badly become an F1 driver. And I knew in order to do that, you had to do karting. And I went and I done my research, and I was like, the some of the figures involved to drive a car at that age, I I would I you know what? I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't even bother telling my mum or dad because I knew at the time they would have said that's ridiculous. What to drive a car around the circuit? We're going to pay that amount for you. And for me, that was just the norm. It was like, okay, well, obviously, I know, you know, my parents are not going to spend, you know, thousands and thousands to get in a seat and and race, you know, race around the circuit. So I feel as though, as much as we're talking about, you know, um, diversity and ethnic minorities and you know the gender e- equality, the financial barrier has to be broken down in order to let these good things in Formula One come about. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to you on this, Kwame. Um, what's, what's your take on it, bro? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, um, the Hamilton uh, Commission, I feel like they've started a great, um, a good basis. I feel like they've established the issues um, pretty well currently. So, like we're talking about um, issues with, you know, not many uh, black or brain teachers when you see figures um when you see figures what like almost half of schools that have no black asian or ethnic minority as a teacher that's that's an astonishing fact especially everyone here in the school who's of a brain background so imagine being you know, a kid you know uh, of ethnic minority background you're, you're in school now your, your teacher ain't gonna be able to relate to you your teacher ain't gonna be helped ain't gonna be able to encourage you or help you or know your comfort situation just because of you know different cultures or different backgrounds how you things so that in itself now you're pretty much less you're, you're more likely to fail in life you're more likely you're more likely to 
especially as well with like engineering roles. Um, you really need to get like the uh, the higher grades uh, to get into your university to get a degree, which a lot of uh, these engineers call aerodynamics. Uh, you have to do subjects like A level maths, which is, is a myth. Like, fam, from GCSE, you'll see people get eight thousand A's to get easy and using A level maths. It's difficult, so you need some support there, uh, and, and, and whatnot. Um, so I'm glad they've kind of established that as the basis that you know we need to get more, um, uh, BAME teachers, uh, more teachers with minorities, and um, like that, like um, you guys have said, like especially from, from outside of London as well, that's gonna be too much harder when everyone else is not looking like you. But, um, I'm about to be more in the positive, to be honest with you. Um, at the moment, it does seem like um, the Hampton Commission has got like a lot of um, key figures or key uh, societies. So they've got like the Royal Academy of Engineer, Engineering on board. So they've got uh, an energy society body on there. So that can give them the uh, input and knowledge and feed, feedback. And they've got links there, um, which they can build on. And also uh, F1 now as well. On the back of the Hampton Commission, they've started on their own scholarship um, system, which was one thing that I actually recommended uh, quite a while back um, when you're talking about how to get people from kind, like like Annie said, kind probably what twenty pounds a pop, like for one go, and uh, an average kid from ends you can't afford it. Let's let's keep it. Bro, it's, it's it's like twenty pounds for like five minutes. It's twenty pounds for five minutes. but if you put it into perspective, we can go and play football for ninety minutes and play six pound fifty. Ninety You get the jumpers or goalposts. You make up a ball. Exactly. You know, well, yeah. Exactly. exactly, yeah. Same with basketball. It just puts it into can, perspective. You know, yeah. Yeah, get get a basket, throw it into the basket, you're, you're there. But F1, obviously, because it's engine, it's engine-based and it's uh, so much mechanics and you need money. So it's good that um they've got the current scholarship. I feel like 10 students is way too little. There's only 10 students they're doing the scholarship for, which is way too little. But they limit it to, you know, ethnic minorities, women, underprivileged backgrounds. Um, It's going to start this year in September 2021. And it's universities from oxford and cambridge um so top unis even cov as well shout cov uh shout my guys out there and uh manchester medical so and also in italy so not you trying to sneak in cov as a top uni but okay but no that's like the list of unis they've uh got a scholarship with I'm pretty sure uh, scholarship as well. So, pretty sure like Cov, they got links with like Jaguar, Land Rover, I think the headquarters nearby. And obviously, Oxford, Cambridge is Oxbridge. And so, they're starting from somewhere and like they've got a scholarship system there. Um, they've got a apprenticeship uh, and internship system there based on engineering. So, they've and it's all being paid for by the uh, by F1. So, you'd have to pay for tuition fees. So, that's not too bad. And what uh, Chase Kerry says, was it one mil or one bill? One million, uh, one million pounds uh, donation straight from uh, Chase Gary, who's the chairman of F1. So there's money being put into this. There's big people in this as well. Like Martin Whitmarsh, ex yeah, Martin Whitmarsh, uh, yeah. yeah, he's part of the uh, the um, the chair for the Science yeah. Commission. So there's a lot of like big names, big people pushing it. Hopefully they just back their chat, and hopefully I feel like like Kulin said, we have to wait and, and see um, ten years, twenty years down the line. Hopefully, we see people coming from this campaign, this uh, commission, who from now are thinking, I'll get to F1, but I don't know how. Now they've got the means to it. And hopefully, we see more and more, you know, black faces, and not just black faces, but Asian faces, or more women, uh, or more LGBTQ, more more, more people with different backgrounds in F1. Because that's what we need. Because, like we've been saying, like this boy is a very white, uh, male, straight, dominated sport. No one needs to save space for everyone. Yep, hundred percent agree with you that uh, with with you on that and yeah, I, I guess I, I guess that that's probably the the perfect place to wrap up. W- when we started up pit stop, you know, I was always pushing for free things, and that's you know, equal race, equal gender, and break down that that financial barrier. And and as long as we're here, pit stop fracker will continue to voice that opinion, push for it. And make sure that you know it's always there and 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 trying to happen as as much as possible. And hopefully, this this Hamilton Commission can kickstart a chain of events. And and hopefully, in years to come, we'll see what we want to see in Formula One. Um, so not just Formula One across the board in motorsport, and not just the drivers themselves, but 
all the operations in the background, people that support, you know, the drivers, the cars, the head of strategy, these engineers. It's fingers crossed we will see that we will see that, and if and if so, it will be amazing we'll to see. see. Ferrari, though, I'll just say that we won't see a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah certain fine, teams. Ferrari's yeah. fine, man. But Ferrari. Red Bull, Ferrari, I'm, Red Bull. I'm not well, sure about Red, Red Bull. Bull that but... token pit stop black guy who does yeah. a pit <laughs> with the dreads. Shout Good. out to him. Yeah, shout out to him still. Shout out, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, um, that's it for this week. We'll, we'll be back next week where, where we'll be reviewing the Hungarian Grand Prix. So until then, guys, peace. Bye, guys. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.